So the question is this, how do most agents find the secrets to succeed in today's competitive real estate market, especially when the top agents are keeping those secrets to themselves? That's the question, and this podcast will give you the answer. Hi, I'm Aaron Amuchastegui, and welcome to Real Estate Rockstars. Real Estate Rockstars, this is Aaron Amuchastegui. Hey, coming to you for the end of October, start of November, best of October podcast. Hey, the end of October, what a year. The real estate market could not look any more different today than it looked just 10 months ago at the starting of the year. And as you guys are getting in your last two months of the year, November and December are traditionally the slowest months for real estate. And a lot of people right now are going to be kind of winding down a lot of their annual activities. Some of you guys are going to be trying to push to kind of hit those end of year goals. And other people are going to be just trying to plan for the market as the market you know, seasonally comes back in January, February, March. But we're seeing this like buildup of inventory in a lot of different places. If you guys have been following along on Instagram, I've been showing you guys a whole bunch of different comparisons for where months of inventory are going up or going down. And, you know, some of the good markets compared to the not so uh, good markets out there. Some markets are performing just fine in real estate. Stuff's getting listed, stuff is selling, other stuff is sitting. And, I've, and I'm experiencing that all over the place. I've got some listings. Uh, some some properties I own that are listed out in Scottsdale, Arizona, and we're getting offers of four hundred fifty thousand on a six hundred thousand dollar listing that was already priced like hundred thousand uh, dollars below uh, the market out there. We're getting some others of like kind of low end entry level price points in Texas that are still getting their sales. So hopefully you guys are looking at the data out there. And again, it is so wild as we look to see the last two months of this year are going to be so much different than the last two months last year or the beginning. Uh, the first couple months of 2022. So I hope you really like this podcast. We're going to take a few minutes of each of the podcasts we did in October and give you guys a chance to hear some of them and see if you want to go back and listen to any of them. So here's the first one. This is episode 1086, Why Reputation is Everything in Real Estate with Brianne Smith. And this was special guest host, Stephanie Heiser. Yeah. Earlier, you were saying that this market could be the great cleanse. So let's talk <laughs> about that. What do you think agents like need to be doing so that they're not one of the millions that will be dropping out of the business during our market shift? Yeah. So I think, obviously, we all watch Selling Sunset. We watch Million Dollar Listing. I love it. I love watching them. But are they the most realistic? No. No. Do I love watching them and wish that it was that way? Sure. Like, totally. absolutely. <laughs> um, but it is not like that day in and day out. Sure. It's cool. Like, I mean, I watched it before I took like my state test. I did have my feet wet working, doing the marketing for the team before. So I heard different stories about listings and stagings and buyers and cancellations. And I learned a lot of the terms that way. But I do like those shows to like learn some minor negotiation skills you might be able to use and then maybe some minor light terms that you might be able to use but not expecting it to be like that I've had so many agents countless agents reach out to me over the years like asking how do I start what's real estate like oh but do I have to work like past 8 p.m do I need to like go show houses on Sunday like different things like that do I have to call this person back instantly do I have to show this house or can someone else do it 
And it just comes down to putting in the work. Your reputation is everything in real estate. And the last thing you want to get is a bad reputation for not being responsive, not being trustworthy, not having good communication, because all of those lean so heavily on the transaction and going from start to finish. And we all know we don't get paid until it is finished. So, and then again, from there, getting referrals from those clients once you close or when they go to sell or go to buy another home, it's not just done with that one transaction. So you can't just block them, be done, move on and think that it's over. It's continuing on from there and still nurturing the relationship. So they don't forget about you and go with the next newest agent that they see on social media because new ones pop up all the time. All the time. It's good if you can build rapport with your sellers and convince them to not overprice. I feel like a lot yeah. of agents try to overpromise and underdeliver, yeah. and it just makes everybody it can waste all your time. Like, don't yeah. tell your seller your house will sell for five hundred if yeah. it won't, and always list in a safe spot because it will exactly sell faster. Maybe you'll get yeah. multiple offers. Yeah. But it gives you less risk compared to it sitting on the market and getting a lower offer or like worse terms and things like that. But I think that's the interesting point that we're in in the market right now is like retraining these sellers that have seen these homes selling for far over asking price with like no contingencies and all these like crazy terms for the past couple years that they kind of missed the bus and some don't understand that yet. But being communicative and honest with them is only going to help you. It's definitely not easy. Um, but if you, like you said, overpromise and under deliver, it's only going to reflect poorly on you as an agent and that can get out there and that can really ruin your reputation. You can do whatever you can to fix it, but just being upfront and honest is always the best option, especially in real estate. All right. If you like that one, you don't have to hear the rest, go listen to the rest of episode 1086 with Brianne Smith and Stephanie Heiser. Next up, here's a few minutes of episode 1087. Hey, I got a chance to interview my good friend, Nate Martinez. We had just gone to uh, on a trip together. We were out in Croatia with a bunch of our GoBundance friends. And Nate has been an agent for a really, really long time. He was an agent during and before kind of the last recession, the last crash. And he had a lot of advice for you guys out there. Here's a few minutes of that interview. But I'm going to mentor uh, every Monday. I'm going to spend a half an hour with, the, with these different pods. Just kind of more of an accountability pod. And, uh, and teaching and, and sharing uh, accountability with them because we need to get back to the basic fundamentals, you know. And, uh, you know, you and I talked a little bit about the book that, that Sarah and I wrote that we launched it last year in a time when the market was just on a frenzy. Nobody needed to stop reading a book. You didn't have time to do anything but, you know, run your buyer around or look at offers. So with that, you know, I thought we'll go back to the principles of the book we wrote, very, very basic. And let's start implementing that into our agents, into the company. And uh, so that's, I think, what we're doing for our agents is really leaning into them, right? Because I think if we don't, a lot of them are going to have some challenges in the fourth and first quarter as the market has changed. Yeah. You know, I think the... I think the advice right now of getting back to the basics and the fundamentals is great advice for everyone in real estate out there. I mean, if 75% of agents haven't seen rates above 5%, that means 75% of agents really have only seen an increasing market. And it's just amazing. And I, and I go back to those triathlons as that example, or, 
You know, when I tell somebody I'm going to do something, it increases the chance I'm going to do it. And if they remind me of it, it increases the chance I'm going to do it. And so I like to tell people as often as possible, this is my goal, this is my goal, this is my goal. And with those accountability partners, I think that's a that's a good one. I just want to share, I just came back from a coaching conference. So we get back from Croatia, spend a few days with the family. I go to Salt Lake for three days. And then I'm up here in Flagstaff and I'll go back to Phoenix. But I was on a cab ride back after a coaching conference with another coach. And I started coaching this person on this little 15-minute cab ride. And they had a limiting belief. And uh, I, I challenged her on this limiting belief. And I said, when are you going to solve that by? She goes, 30 days. And I said, okay, what's going to be the pain if you don't do it? And she goes, I don't know. And I said, well, you know, it's, it's election season. I said, the party that you don't represent, why don't you send them a check for $5,000, the, the party that you despise, if you will. And she let me know who she despised. And I said, you write a check for them on November 8th if you don't get this task done by November 3rd. And I think I motivated her, and I'm going to keep her accountable to that. You know, so... Sometimes when we have an accountability, it could be a one-off accountability with somebody you know. And again, with her, I had to put some pain in it because I knew she probably wouldn't rise to the occasion. One of the things that really came into my life, and I don't know where it originated because it's been around for a while, but it's just basically having a perfect week, you know, being able to block out hours in your day and working on those items. Before, and I learned this, you know, through my coach, you know, I was having coaches around you. So my, my business coach was Burl Workman, and he, you know, he pounded me on the perfect week and what to do. Quit working with as many buyers. Focus your time and effort to work on your business. And so today, if you look at my schedule, it's very regiment, right? I have, you know, the different meetings I have each day, every week, you know, their meetings, Everything happens on the same time, the same rotation, very simple. And you create boundaries on when and how to work with people. That one thing in, in, in my life, like I told you, I had the best year of my life. But I think in the real estate space, I probably spent less than 20 hours a week working in real estate. And, you know, every Friday I golf. We have this house up here in Flagstaff. That's kind of the goal to get up here as much as possible. And we'd probably be up here more if Mila wasn't doing hockey and softball and all the things back in the Valley, you know. But having, you know, a perfect week set up or what we call in the book an intentional week because nobody's perfect, right? Those are a couple things that, that we, you know, we share, you know. Uh, accountability, you know. I mean, we know Go Abundance is a big accountability group. But accountability equals love, right? It's about you know, you're really trying to help your team, keeping them accountable to their goals, not necessarily yours. You want to help people achieve and exceed what they're looking for in life. And if you do that enough, I mean, it all works out for everybody. All right. If you like that one, go listen to the rest of my interview of me interviewing Nate Martinez, episode 1087. Next up, here's a few minutes of episode 1088 from two sales to 132 transactions per year with Oleg Kornitsky. The special guest host on this one is Courtney Atkinson. Here's a few minutes of that. Hey, tell me a bit about this journey that you've been on. So how long have you been in real estate? Since 2017. So April 2017, I got my license. And I sold so two that. houses in that year. 
One is, was my own condo. I bought a condo for myself and then I helped my friend buy one. <laughs> took me eight months. That's, that's a big trajectory. So what have been some of the, the key parts of your success and your trajectory in getting to those 132 last year? If you have one or two things that you think were really key, what were they? Mm, well, I keep pushing every day. There's no, there's no day. Well, there are days now. It's Sunday. I try to keep a day off, but uh, I keep pushing every day. Every day I worry that, that the last sale was my last sale. I try to never, uh, I try to not think that I've made it. Um, always keep like, okay, this, maybe I have a good, uh, um, uh, what's it called? Maybe I have a good brand uh, among my community because I'm very focused. I'm very niche. It's only a little market that I'm focused in and I'm super narrow on that niche. And I'm like, I know that I'm known, but I don't want to be like resting on my brand. And that thing mm. is just, I, I always keep it as a worry. I'm always kind of obsessed. Like I need more. I need to keep pushing. I need to, I can't stop. I think that mm. that was one of the main things. But when I'm working with a client, I think they feel that I, I don't care about the commission because I always sometimes even tell them that this is not a good deal. Don't take it. Even though I feel like there's going to be 20 more houses we need to go to or like take so much time, spend so much time on the market because this offer is not so, um, because they always ask you what, what, kind of, what's your opinion? And I'm kind of tell them yeah. that, you know, I will make money here, but I, I don't think this is the right way to go. So these two things, probably I keep pushing and I put the client's interest in front. It sounds all cliche. Everybody says about it. But if, if you truly have that in your head, then people feel it. And and that's that's I've seen referrals come like crazy. And I never asked for a referral. Never in my life. I never asked for a single referral. They just keep coming. Who's yeah, it's funny about that. Sorry, go ahead. Uh, uh, quick question: Who's more uh, uh, listeners? Were were single agents or team leaders? What, what would you say yeah. in a percentage? Usually, sing, mostly single agents. Yeah, single agents. Yeah. So um, yeah. I would say, um, like, if single agent wants to build their brand, I want to share something that I that I've done. Maybe that would uh, that would help uh, somebody to to get to a hundred if they want to get to a hundred or whatever fifty, Amazing. whatever you can do. It will get to the level, and then you decide what you want to do after it. Uh, if okay, you want to be great. a top producer, it. I'll just, I'll just share what I did. So I, uh, first what I did, I, I produced a bunch of content and I would share it to different Facebook groups and I would add every single day. Sometimes they would, uh, uh, they would delete you from that group because you've been sending too much uh, videos, but that's fine. You keep adding. There's a bunch of groups, but you want to also uh, niche down like target uh, specific neighborhoods or, uh, people that live because they went to a certain school or if you speak a second language. This is an amazing business to, to be in if you speak a, sec, uh, the, a second language. So you just target people who speak your language. But if you don't, you target like schools, your areas where you grew up. You have some, you have some kind of advantage over the other realtor, uh, whatever, you, whatever you choose to do. So I would go to those Facebook groups. I would share a bunch of content and I would go to ads manager and create an audience of people who, who watch those videos, at least three seconds. That's enough because in the first three seconds, my face is in there. So I get right. people who watch at least three seconds, create an audience and I would target everything else to that audience works tremendously. And, uh, that's how I've been, uh, over, like I would exceed all other realtors in my market pretty fast. It's a white space. Um, a lot of uh, a lot of agents, what they do is just just throw a lot of content everywhere, hope it uh, hope it closes, and then and then really no no uh, no results. It's just something here, something there. It's not targeted. That's what I did. Went to the Facebook groups, put a bunch of content in, in those, create an audience, and retarget that audience all the time for for three years for, or four, 
just retired. The same audience. They are tired of my face. But as soon as they see real estate, it's just, okay, let me look them up. Boom, boom, boom. Okay, Zillow profile says boom, bunch of sales, bunch of stars, yeah. Google reviews. Okay, let's see. And that's, that's how it's been. It's like now it's the bulk is half probably is referrals and half is just random, you know, people in my market that speak my language. Just just yeah. heard my name. They will be happy. It, the, the client wants to be made to feel in the same way that you yeah. would make them feel and the yes. same way that you have made them feel with your marketing. Yeah. Absolutely. That's really cool. I just have a, a specific question about that that I think our viewers would appreciate hearing. So when when you've created these custom audiences, how big are they just in terms of volume, number of people in there? Um, Facebook shows me that every time I create an audience like below thousand, but that's I don't I don't know. It's it, it seems like every time I run an ad, I would get probably like five thousand views, three thousand views and frequency mm. is one to two per person. So I guess maybe I have a couple thousands that really are, you know, getting all my content that I sponsor in Facebook. Yeah. It's not much. Yeah. But I old total videos, if I look at the total amount of visits, like probably hundred thousand, I create audience out of it. It shows me, you know, below thousand here, below thousand here, below thousand there. I don't care. It as long as, you know, as long as it's being yeah, delivered okay. and people keep seeing my face. Yeah, that's powerful. Now, every time I go somewhere even store that you created or everywhere, they're like, oh, this guy, this guy. So I, I keep showing up and uh, so they recognize the face and what this face is talking about. I 90% of my content is only real estate. 10% is me picture with a wife, me picture with a daughter. I mix it up a little bit, mm -hmm. but it's more real estate. So I just remind them yeah. every single day. Yeah, good. You know, sometimes the, the realtors say, oh, why he didn't go with me? Why he chose somebody else? They know I'm a real estate agent. Yes, like I need a plumber right now. So I know one. But then if I think hard enough, I'll probably come up with a second one. But that second one wasn't showing up. So I forgot about him. All right. If you want to hear the rest of that interview with Oleg, go back and listen to episode 1088. All right. Next up, here is a few minutes of episode 1089. Special guest host Stephanie Brackett. Uh, interviewing Harold Clark, what luxury real estate really is. You know, trying to give give you something um, uh, from experience, what I really learned at the very beginning that helped me a great deal, and I never forgot is know the market. Again, cliche, big words, but know it. Like you need to know every sale, everything that comes on the market as much as you can at least of one neighborhood. Like pick one neighborhood that is 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 a luxury, you know, uh, location area resort whatever you want to call it <coughs> and and make sure that you know it better than anybody be the expert because that will take you long ways yeah what, what, what you sir yeah they're looking to you for the expertise and you have to be able to provide it to them and that generally means work on the agent's part like you need to go preview houses you need to talk to people that live in the neighborhood you need to know what events are happening around the neighborhood you know need to know what they care about in that neighborhood what the schools are like what the kids do for fun do they play a particular sport or you have to know everything about it if you want to break into it you nailed it you nailed it because while you're saying that you help me realize you cannot fake it you can't no you right. cannot if people people at that level if you ask me how do they break in the luxury market they see you in a millisecond yeah. Right? There's no faking, there's no cutting corners, there's no dancing around the question. Better to say, I don't know, I'm going to find out and better get back to them. But you should know. 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it takes work. You're going to have to study. It's, it's like, it's like school. You're in school for that neighborhood. You need to study everything about that neighborhood, that area, whatever it is, the building you're trying to sell, whatever it is. You're in school and that's your only job right now is to learn yes. that. And that's how you break in because it only takes one person. And if you do a fantastic job because you know everything that you have said, then obviously they're going to talk about you. You're in. You're in. You're in, but you got to put in the work first. You're not, you're not just going to skate by and just someone, especially at that level, someone who buys a luxury home does, isn't going to trust just some Joe Schmo agent that just showed up and said, Hey, I want to sell you a house. Well, that's the guys that get lucky, right? So they sell one and it doesn't happen again. Yeah. Because, you know, Hey, yeah, no, it was a good experience, but are they going to call you again? And you, you need to stay in touch. Yeah. That's the other thing that people get lazy about. We get lazy about. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so, but, but that is back to what I said. You need to deeply care. If you deeply care, you're going to stay in contact. Yeah. Okay. So tell me what's one piece of advice you would give to agents anywhere. If they want to truly connect with their client, how do they do that? How do they you, you know what? To connect? How do you do that? Without thinking, without thinking, because that's the most honest. Know that they can size you up in a second. So okay. be truthful, be true, be true, you. always, yeah. always, 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 whether you mess up, whether you don't like it, whether you see a red flag, whether something's wrong, because all of those apply in every transaction. People think when they're buyers, they're all happy. And, you know, if we negotiate the price, we're good. There's so much more. There's so much more that, as you know, is related. So all along the way, just, just be true because you know what? They can see you. I love so it. To Authentic, be yourself. Be yourself and, and you and you and, and they will love you. That's great advice. That's awesome advice. All right. If you like that one, you want to go hear more, go listen to the rest of episode 1089, where Stephanie Brackett interviewed Harold Clark. All right, next up, here's a few minutes of episode 1090. Why now is the time to gain market share with Eric Bramlin? You know, I interviewed Eric and this interview was so great because I, I never met Eric before. We're both from Austin, Texas. We had a lot of the same friends, a lot of the same experiences. We both were in real estate and deep in real estate in the, in the 2000s uh, when the peak was happening, when the first crash was happening. And it was a really good conversation for me to have because he had a very different spin and a very different plan on what to do and how to survive these slow times during recession. I think you're really gonna like this one. I think it was a really inspirational podcast, but for now, here's a few minutes of that one to see if you feel the way I do. Uh, what I told everybody was, um, man, I'm working twice as hard to make the same amount of money that I did last year. And it was very true. I mean, and I didn't understand market dynamics. I didn't understand like, oh, okay, what well, year? that was 2008, 2008, 2009, something like that. Yeah. yeah. And so the, the, the size of the market had shrunk considerably. And I, I didn't realize that. Um, now I look at it and go, yeah, it's perfectly normal that you were working twice as hard to make the same amount of money. You were gaining market share of a much smaller market. You just didn't know what was going on. And then in 2012, I remember things were getting a little easier. And um, I saw my old business partner. Uh, we were at a, a Movember party. I don't know if you remember the Movember things where you grow a mustache for November. Yeah. yeah, and we were at this Movember party. And um, so it was in November. And I was like, Keenan, how, you know, how, how are you doing, man? He's like, I'm doing really well. He's like, how are you doing, man? I was like, it's the best year I've ever had. And I didn't realize it until the end of the year that I had done. And at the time, I think it was like, I don't know, 10 or 11 million. And then 2013, I ended up doing, I think, 21 million that year. And I was like, oh, it's a fluke. That won't happen again. And then I'd have to look back at the numbers. But 20, 
2014, I think we were up to like 30 or 40 million. I took on like one agent. Um, 2015, we had two agents and I, I, again, 60 or 70 million. But things just started going up after, after that. And it's because we gained all this market share during the recession. I, I worked really hard out of necessity. Um, the amazing side effect was like, oh, you gained this market share and then you retained it whenever the market came back. And that's why, you know, the, that's why the production just went, went really high, why it went, why it went up. So. Hey, real estate rock stars. This is Air Mucistegi, and I'm interrupting myself to bring you this commercial break from one of our sponsors. There's somebody I've been looking at for a long time, and when they reached out to me, I said, yes, we have to be able to do this deal. So that sponsor is Follow Up Boss. There's a lot of superstars out there that use Follow Up Boss. What's your favorite CRM? We're using Follow Up Boss. We use Follow Up Boss. So we use Follow Up Boss. I love Follow Up Boss. I love it. We have action plans now for bringing on new agents. We have action plans for our recruiting. Uh, we call them action plans and follow up boss, which will trigger tasks for the agents to do as far as calling. Follow up boss, I like more for the integrations with everything, MailChimp, call action, all those different products. I will say we used Sync and we switched from Sync to follow up boss. Honestly, the greatest CRM I've ever used, I've used Brivity, Sync. I've looked at Boomtown, like Real Geeks, just a bunch of different ones. But me personally, I've fell in love with Fub about like seven months ago when I first started using it. I've used Boomtown, I've used Line Desk, I've used Conversion, and I think Follow Up Boss gives you the most integrations mm-hmm. that are simple, and it gives you the best ability to go and integrate large things into one single solitary platform, yet at the same time, it's still affordable. I do like Follow Up Boss better just because it you can text from the app and things like that. It's just a little more convenient for me. Um, it tracks everything that I need. I can customize it if I want. If I want to go smart list based, that's fine. If I want to go task based, it's fine. I think it's one of the best systems and it's very user friendly. It just really helps me never drop a ball because it's so user friendly. I don't have a one horse in the race with Follow Up Boss. Purely objective. Follow-Up Boss has been the best one that we've found. Now, I've used Follow-Up Boss. We've actually used it in our non-real estate businesses as well because it's so good at being able to set timers, set automatic texting and emailing. So here's what we got. For Real Estate Rockstars listeners, get a 30-day free trial. That's normally 14 days. So in order to get this, you go followupboss.com, just like it sounds, forward slash rockstars. Go there, get your 30-day free trial, and check it out, especially if you aren't using any systems or any CRMs yet. This will be a great one for you to start with. Thanks again. Now back to our show. Going back to your um, your thought of, like, it will get better, so get market share. And I think yeah. right now it could be really discouraging for agents out there because they're going to go, I'm working twice as hard and I'm making half the amount of money or I'm working twice as hard and I'm making no money. But remembering like so much of the work that you do over the next year is going to be like putting money in the bank because your experience in like, I've never heard anyone say it actually. Like the reason 2012 was so easy is because when the market changed, most of the agents were gone. Right. Right. Like most of the people were gone because most of the people had given up and anybody that like just survived during that time and kept doing all the things like, so you might have buyers right now that you listeners are, you're getting them in there and they can't afford to buy right now or the rates go up. So they're discouraged or, you know, but keeping in contact and keeping them in the loop and keeping them ready because when it does get better, 
six months to 36 months from now, right? Yeah. Like the, they'll, they'll be ready. And if you're top of mind, you're going to have them all. And then, so what, so what about, so what would you add to that? And then what do you do to survive during that time? Well, um, yeah, I mean, you're dead on. And, and by the way, not to digress, but I agree with you. I, I'm personally planning for 18 months. Um, but, you know, with the understanding that it could be longer than that. Uh, in the meantime, yeah, you have to survive. So if you are making zero dollars, you got to change whatever it is you're doing to make some dollars, right? Like mm -hmm. that's not going to work. Like it, you're doing something completely unproductive. So you don't stay busy for busy's sake. You stay busy with whatever you see is, is causing positive results, right? Um, I'm not sure what that could be. If, if you're into cold calling and you're able, that's what happened to me, right? Like I was always hated cold calling, but 08 to 2010, I'd sit down and make, you know, a hundred calls. Really, it wasn't a hundred. It was like, it started out being a hundred calls a day. And then it began like, okay, I'll make calls until I talk to one person, right? Who seems like they could be interested. So if cold calling is your jam, do that. It's not mine anymore at all. But if that's for you, do it. If open houses are your jam, do open houses, knocking on doors is internet marketing, whatever it might be, just make sure that you're getting a positive return. So if you are spending money, make sure you're making more money than you spent. And if you are just using sweat equity, make sure that you're getting some traction whenever you do it. And just understand open houses are a great example, right? Like six months ago, you hold an open house, you probably meet 10 buyers. You could hold two open houses and meet two buyers now. That's okay. The market's shrunk. You know, you met two, two is better than zero. So as long as whatever you're doing is putting some money in your pocket, enough for you to pay your mortgage, enough for you to pay for your, your car, whatever all your minimal expenses are, um, just keep doing that. And try new things. You know, I always say focus 80% on what's proven, experiment with 20%. And if you continue to experiment with that 20%, you'll find some new things that are hopefully more productive than what you've been doing over the past however long. All right. And if you like that one as much as I did, go back and listen to the rest of episode 1090, my interview of why now is time to gain market share with Eric Bramlett. Next up, here's a few minutes of episode 1091, Systems for Success with Sellers where Courtney Atkinson, special guest host, interviewed John Scipioni. Probably one of the more exciting stories is our most recent buyer's agent is 18 years old. She is a freshman in college, full-time student, full-time agent with us. Changed her whole schedule around so she could prospect in the morning. That's incredible. How's her year going yeah. so far? Great. She's at about, I think, eight or nine closed and pending. And... Uh, her goal this year is 24 transactions in her first year. That's ridiculous. So tell me, I, I got to know, what's a deal worth in your market, given your average price point, your average commission? Uh, average commission check to our team is about, you know, this past year has been higher than others, but it's about 12,000. 12, to the agent. Yeah. So no, well, I mean, 12,000 to the office. Okay. To the yeah, office. Still. Yeah. yeah. That's incredible though. So, I mean, this person's going to do over $100,000, you know, under the age of 20 while going to school full time. <laughs> and I tease her. I'm like, listen, you, you can't tell your parents how much money you're making because they're going to start charging you rent. And uh, <laughs> she's still at home. Yeah. That's amazing. She's still at home. And yeah, man, it's but you know what? It, 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 uh, and that's something to touch upon, too. Um, she has like the sales sales like uh, regimen and, and, and techniques and strategies in her blood. And, and she's only 18. I mean, she came out of like uh, a lot of marketing courses in high school and college. And, okay. and, and she's almost like that, that, 
uh, rookie athlete who like just, just got on the field or on, I'm, I'm a big hockey fan. She just got on the ice and like, she's not scared of anything, right? Like you tell her to yeah. call a FISBO and I'm like, here's the script. She's like, all right, this is all I have to do. Whereas if you give that script to somebody who's been in the business 10 years, they're like, I'm not saying this. Right. She's afraid of nothing. She, you know, she hasn't yet been rejected. She hasn't yet, um, been turned away. So she's just fearless. That's amazing. Which is awesome. You know, and that's not really the narrative uh, that we hear around that generation. So I'm inspired that that's the case for you, for your team, and for her. But you're not wrong. You know, I, I teach team leaders, team members, and realtors, you know, a multitude of strategies, but one of them being a mega open house strategy, which involves some cold calling and some door knocking. And I maintain, you know, a guy like you, for sure, being a Tom Ferry guy, a guy like me, I can walk into any market and make 250 grand year one without any question at all. And it's not going to be crazy and it's not going to cost me a load in marketing. But if you tried to take a, a five-year agent that's never cracked $100,000 and give them the strategy, they'll make up all these excuses why it's not going to work and they'll tell you why you're wrong, right? And yep. the beauty of the people that you bring into your team and the same for me, you know, every one of our team members, 42 of them with the exception of two, weren't in the industry when I met them. And for them, it's the same thing. You show them the path and they're like, oh, that's all I have to do. And you're like, yeah, yeah, you got to pick up the phone. I mean, we're in an air conditioned office. We're using technology. You know, I'm not out on the street. It's not like I have to go pick up a shovel anywhere. There's no manual labor involved. It's literally some brain power and using my voice. You got to stay hydrated and energized to get some sleep. You know, if you avoid alcohol, even better. And uh, away you go, right? And so you and I think of it that way, but you're right. Like outside, Folks that have been doing this a long time or a little time, regardless of the level of success, uh, a lot of folks aren't willing to do the work. Yeah. Or I find agents these days aren't willing to, you know, they're afraid of it. They'll do anything they can to not go on the phone. And, you know, uh, whether that's like text, text message prospecting, email prospecting, and, and don't get me wrong, some of that, we do it. And, and I think it helps especially on follow-ups and stuff sometimes, but the majority of it, you know, for us, at least, you know, what we teach and, and the way that our agents have success is just making sure the phone is number one, just because, yeah. uh, you know, the agents, there's other agents in your market that are going to do the phone and, you know, be on the phone and hitting the phone and they'll take the business. I don't ever want to be, you know, uh, have this be a team where the agents on the team are doing five or six deals, right? We want to be a team where, you know, it's high producing agents, um, you know, the mid doing a minimum of 25 transactions per year. Um, and you know, the, the reason that it's agents can come here and do such high volume is because we've got, you know, really a plug and play platform, right? Like systems like follow-up boss systems, like accountability and scripting and role play and practice. Um, you know, you should hear this office at 9am, you know, those, five or six of us cranking on the phone, music's blasting, air conditions on. And, and like, listen, no one wants to do the lead generation. Like no one wants to go to the gym, but you make right. it fun. You make it exciting. And all of a sudden two, you're two hours into it and you set two appointments. So, you know, growing the team, but making sure that we're growing it the right way, you know, and from a leadership perspective, making sure it's profitable. That's what we're excited about. We're excited about a whole bunch of new lead sources we're working on. Um, mm -hmm that uh, are going to bring a lot more uh, qualified leads to our agents. All right. If you like that one, go back and listen to the rest of episode 1091, Systems for Success with Sellers, where Courtney Atkinson interviewed John 
Scipioni. Next up, here's a few minutes of episode 1092, Maximize Conversions by Making More Calls with Justin Robbins. Here's a few minutes of his interview by special guest host Stephanie Brackett. So as the market has, sh- I mean, you mentioned the shift and you talked about the, the long-term nurtures, the long-term leads. How have you, how have you found that it's like affecting agents in the business that are not willing to, to work <laughs> those long-term leads? Cause for the past two or three years, yeah. they've been short-term. Everybody's buying a house, like you said. Yeah. Yep. Um, I mean, the best I can answer that is, is with the, the, you know, the knowledge and the experience I have currently. And so, and forgive me, I'm not trying to give a plug on show me rebates, but I allow other agents to sign up for that and they can, you know, show up for homes in different zip codes. That being said, just in the last two weeks, we've seen us go from 40 agent profiles to 94 agent profiles. Um, and so when oh, I wow. reach out to some of the agents and say, hey, I saw that you received a lead. Uh, most of them, and, and, and this is referring to agents that have been in the business, you know, seven years or less, but almost every single one of them is, hey, I shot them a text because they requested to see a home. I haven't heard back. And, <laughs> and, and one in particular, I said, I said, well, have you picked up the phone and called? And she says, well, heavens no. I don't like people calling me. And I said, they requested to see a home. And, and and, and I get that mindset, but you've got to get out of that mindset, especially in this market, because you're going to work for these leads. I, I, I hate to sound prudent, but you need to get past what do you care what that person thinks about you because you're truly out there to help them. And so picking up that phone and helping them, if you believe in your services and you as an agent, you as a person, then it shouldn't be a problem to call that person weekly, call that person four or five times because you know that you're going to give that person better service than any other agent out there. And so you need to understand that you're not bugging that person. You're helping that person. And and again, you've just got to get past the fact that some people may hate you and that that is what it is. And probably one of the best stories I ever heard, and I forgive me, I don't remember what coach said it, but he said that uh, they were calling for sell by owners and a lady called right before lunch, and the guy just blew up at her. I mean, had this girl in tears. So she hung up the phone. She went to lunch. She came back, didn't realize she called the exact same guy back until after he answered. <laughs> just that difference of an hour time frame, he didn't remember the call. And she ended up setting an appointment, listing his home, and selling it. And so it just goes to show that, again, that's another great reason to follow up with people. Um, just for the sheer fact that it allows you, you know, some people are busy. You might be busy at this moment, but you might be in a better mood at the next moment. So again, outside of the follow-up, I don't know. I just, I just get too many agents, especially the new agents telling me, I don't want to call because I don't want to bug people. And they just have to get past that because you might bug them one time. The next time might be the perfect time that they're ready to hear, you know, uh, hear your pitch. All right, if you want to hear more of Stephanie interviewing Justin Robbins, go back and listen to the rest of episode 1092. Next year's episode 1093, how to boost your bottom line in a down market with Stephanie Brackett. It looks like she was interviewed by Courtney Atkinson. So great, two of our special guest hosts got to interview each other. Uh, here we Here's a few minutes of that one. I'm going to ask you a fairly broad question, Stephanie. But if you could think of maybe one or two things that you've seen 
consistently in different teams that when systematized and when you have data on this information has been most impactful for driving bottom line net income. Can you think of one or two things primarily that, that mean that to you? Yeah, probably, probably the biggest one was actually tracking your conversion metrics. Um, I know a lot of teams, they, they track a lot of different things and they have random data here and there. But if you get really serious about one or two data points that could make a massive impact in your business, probably conversion metrics, a few of the key conversion metrics are going to be the biggest one. And I know one that we tracked on our team that just I, when we when we did the math, it was a million dollar number to the bottom line, a million dollars. And that was our appointment. It was our um, rep signed our appointment to rep signed conversion rate. So I went on an appointment and I got a rep signed that conversion rate. Now, when we, when we originally decided on that number, the reason we decided on it was because it was more business to the bottom line without meeting one more person. We already mm -hmm. had the appointment with them, but it was getting that representation agreement signed with them because we know if someone signs a rep agreement, the likelihood that they're actually going to do business with us, transact business is pretty high. It's like 95%. Mm -hmm. So if I was to try to go from rep signed to um, a contract, that conversion rate, I've only got 5% to play with. There, it's not a big number for me to impact because right. I, they're, they're going to do business with me. But our appointment to rep conversion when we started was at 25%. So it was quite, I mean, fairly decent. 25% you think is good. But we did the math and said, if we can go from 25% to 50%, we're not going on one up more appointment than we were already going to go on. We're just signing double the amount of reps. That would be $1 million to the bottom line. And so wow. that metric was a massive, massive impact to our numbers. And that's what we went after. And so everything we did for an entire year, every project, everything we, all the training and coaching we did with our agents was to drive that metric up. Mm. So are we saying the right things? Are we following up often enough? Are we following up with the right messaging? What are we doing in order to get that number to increase? So that's probably the biggest one if people really want to make an impact, if yeah. they know what their conversion metrics are, and then they go and drive a specific metric, mm -hmm. massive increase in business with with little to no more work. It wasn't like we were doing any extra work. We were already meeting with the people. At times like this, you know, I talked a little bit before about about a market shift. And I think so often people go into these opportunities with a lot of fear and without a real plan, whether you're a single agent, whether you're a team member, whether you're a team leader, it's just really important to remember that there's a lot that we can control. We have control over our mindset. We have control over our prospecting. We have control over our scripts and our dialogues. We have control over the conversion rates that we use as a function of a lot of those things just mentioned. We have the ability to do an audit on the expenditures that maybe are no longer relevant or maybe aren't ROIing in the way that we want. And we also have to remember that at a beautiful time like this, people are leaving the industry. Now, we don't want it to be anybody that we know or anybody listening to this right. podcast. But the truth is, is that, you know, the market may go down 40%, but we'll still lose 20, 30% of the agents that got into the market over the past couple of years, or folks that have been at it a long time and are now using this shift as an opportunity to retire. And so in a lot of ways, like the per agent production available remains fairly consistent during a shift like this. And so what I always say, and what you're, what you're teaching folks here today, Stephanie, is that 
what an opportunity to gain market share by just keeping your eye on a couple key levers that you can pull. And so having said that, what are some other levers that in your mind have been really impactful over the years, the shifts that you've worked in, the teams that you've been a part of, uh, in addition to the ones that you've already mentioned that somebody might look at, at a shift like this one? Well, the funny thing is, is we're constantly in a shift. You know that. I know that. We went through a shift in 2019. It was just a different shift. You know, Mm -hmm. COVID hit and we had a different, we're always in a shift. The first thing you have to do is identify, like get real with what the shift is. Like, let's get real with what's actually happening. And like you said, agents are going to be bowing out. That's going to happen now. But what are the, what are the opportunities we have within this shift to excel? And that's where you can capitalize. And if you know your metrics, like you just mentioned, if you know your metrics, that's when you can capitalize on them. So right now, another lever you could pull is your contacts. How many people are you contacting in your database? If your database, if you have 3,500 Mets, I've met these people in my database. I've talked to them. I've transacted with them or they're my sphere. You should be generating 350 units out of those 3,500 every single year. And so that's a metric you can go after. You can say, hey, crap, I'm only getting 6%, not 10. How do I increase my messaging to these people? How do I increase the number of touches to these people? So I can drive that number and actually get my 10%. Because Mm -hmm. you should, statistically speaking, you should be getting 10% every single year out of that Met database. So that's an easy number to track. How many did you do? How many do you have? How do you increase that? And I always say, if you start with purpose, like what's the purpose of the system is to increase that. You can go build an amazing system. If my purpose is to get more deals out of the people I already know, great. Now I can start figuring out how to do that. Brainstorm all the ideas. And it may be more touches. It may be client events. It may be whatever. All right, if you guys want to hear the rest of that interview, go listen to episode 1093 with Courtney Atkinson and Stephanie Brackett. And that's a wrap. That is the rest. That is the end of our Best of October podcast. And like I said at the beginning of this podcast, man, the end of this year, the next two months are going to be so much different than the first couple months of the year. November, December is traditionally slow. It is slower right now in general because of just of interest rates being up, buyer uh, demand has gone way down and now we have higher months of inventory all over the place. Amplify that with the time of the year and it makes for a very, very slow season. But I also know there's a few of you guys out there working hard trying to push and meet your goals. Um, you know, And so you're get, trying to get these last closings in, these last listings in by the end of the year. So hopefully you got something out of today's podcast and I hope you found one or two that you want to go back and listen to again, because I, I think everyone should be, you know, tightening up their ships, really looking at their strategies right now as they're finishing, as they're finishing the year, try to figure out what they need to do to make sure that they survive, that they're ready and they're ready to come back in January and February as the market loosens up just a little bit. But also my opinion is we're going to be in for a long ride. So we're going to be in for a long ride in the slower real estate market. And the best thing you can be doing is educating yourself and being patient and just continuing to work hard. I think one of the best things of all the interviews we did in October was the realization that everything you do right now, you're going to be working two, three, four times as hard for about half as many leads or quarters as many leads. And then you have to think about these leads now as not leads that are going to convert to sales in a month or three months or six months. 
but they're going to be a lead that converts to a sale when the market gets better. We don't know when it'll get better, but it will eventually get better. It might be three months. It might be a year. It might be three years. It might be four years. So just that mindset that keep going, keep building up that lead list and knowing because when the spigot does turn back on, you want to be ready. So as always, thank you guys so much for listening. If you have any questions, come find me on Instagram at Aaron Muchistegui. I'd love to answer your questions. I'd love to meet you guys and talk to you. And uh, thanks for being our podcast listeners. All right, real estate rock stars. This is Aaron Muchistegui jumping in again to thank you for listening to the show. Hopefully, you guys loved listening to that one. And I want to make sure that you know about all of the extra resources that we have. And also, we need your help. They say podcasts are free. You get to listen to podcasts for free. But what is the cost of that podcast? I would say if I could beg you to pay anything for that podcast, I would say the cost of the podcast is going and giving a review. So whether you download it on Google or Apple or YouTube or anywhere else, please go give us a review. Say what you liked, what you didn't like. It helps us get better guests. The more reviews, the higher we get in the rate rankings. Right now, we are the biggest podcast out there for real estate agents, and we want to keep that spot because we know there's lots of podcasts out there. So go give us a review. Also, be sure to go to hybendigital.com. If you liked any of the resources that those real estate agents talked about, We've got a huge video vault of those resources for free. Every penny that comes on the podcast that we interview, they give us something that helps them get their deals or helps them work with their clients, and we put that in the toolbox in our vault for you. So go to hybendigital.com and you can get it. If you're looking for real estate education, go to rebusuniversity.com. We have all sorts of courses in there to help agents succeed in real estate. How to get the listing, how to negotiate deals, you know, how to become an investor, all sorts of different stuff rebusuniversity.com and if you want to chat with me go find me on Instagram if you come find me on Instagram you can send me messages tell me what you want to hear tell me what you liked what you didn't like we try to put a bunch of content out there too you can find me in two different places it's at rerockstars.com for our real estate rockstars page or at erinamuchastegui.com for my personal Instagram page where I can chat with you about all sorts of different things thanks for listening we'll see you again soon This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.